Welcome to Locked On NFL, your daily podcast on the National Football League on the number one daily sports podcast network. Today's episode of Locked On NFL is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar, tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Some big news, Matt, coming down Sunday night. We actually had different plans for Monday. We recorded an interview with Tony Wiggins, host of Locked On Jaguars. Wanted to give um, the host of the Jags a chance to make a statement for that team that's really being crushed throughout the throughout the national media. Nobody gives the Jaguars any credit. Nobody gives Gardner Minshew any credit. So we wanted to actually see what was going on in Jacksonville, what the plan was there. And I think that was a really good conversation. So we'll get to our talk with Tony Wiggins of Locked On Jaguars later in the week. But uh, what took over our Monday episode here was the latest news surrounding the New England Patriots. Matt, a few things here. First of all, the fact that they announced this signing of Cam Newton on the same day that they were fined $1.1 million and the loss of a 2021 third-round pick for uh, their filming of the Bengals' sideline illegally do you think that was a coincidence that those two things were announced on the same day i don't think that was a coincidence and it's funny because the newton thing came across and i'm excited to dig into that a lot and oh real quick that 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 tony conversation we had about the jags is really good so tune in tomorrow you'll get that a day late but it was excellent it was really high spirited and he's really good at what he does yes anyway and oh and, and one more thing uh tony was also involved in our a Black Lives Matter special that was uh, right. hosted network-wide by eight black hosts here on the network. Um, you might have heard Ross Jackson from Locked on Saints was involved with it as well. Tony from Locked on Jaguars, uh, a bunch of really good hosts, and it was a really cool episode. If you haven't heard it, go back to listen to that episode. He was one of them, so you might recognize his voice if you did hear that episode. Uh, yeah, definitely a great talk with with Tony doing good things over there at the uh, Locked on Jaguars podcast. Yeah, but, uh, great man, stuff there. Again, yeah, you'll like the you'll like what you hear tomorrow. Promise you. We're absolutely. supposed to give it to you today. Um, but yes, don't think it was a a coincidence. It's a good PR move. And I heard the Cam news. Wow, that's crazy. It took me hours later till I heard the other news, which is I think exactly what the Patriots wanted. And nobody is not nobody. More people, a lot more people. Everybody's talking about Cam. We'll spend a lot more time talking about Cam Newton and the New England Patriots more so than uh, them getting dinged for that loss of a, a 2021 third round pick. But I do want to stick on that pick and that penalty for the filming of it. And uh, I, I'm the Patriots have had so many of these types of incidents. I'm wondering that the league didn't come down harder because of just accumulation of these things. Like, look, you can't keep bending the rules, even though this maybe wasn't that big of a thing. It's like it's the one organization that keeps being involved in these types of things, right? Right. I think that's what it is. I mean, I think if it was just about anyone else, maybe it'd been a slap on the wrist or a six round pick or, you know, a warning but hey, I mean, after f- taking your first round pick for Spygate, we're not going to tolerate anything, and we're not exactly going to favor in your, you know, side on your favor if it's a tie. Tie is going to go to the, to not the Patriots. You know, you know what right. I mean. So you think so, that was part of the the punishment was that nor- most teams that have been like, okay, look, you, I don't know what was going on here, but don't do that. But for the Patriots, like, look, we got to take away draft pick and at least find you a little bit. I tend to think so just because their history and it's the same staff and hey, we already had this conversation. I mean, I keep thinking about it like if your kid 
Lysia or whatever, and we have this conversation, and then you do it the ne- you do it uh, right down the line, the exact same thing. Well, I'm not gonna favor, you know. I mean, you can only cry, you can only cry wolf so many times, and I believe you, you know. So, I, I, I don't know that for a fact. I have no inside information. Maybe they just it was that everyone would have got the same punishment. I, I don't know. Maybe it was conclusive enough that hey, it looks like you guys are stealing, and that costs you a third round pick, no matter who you are, but. I tend to think that they lose all benefit of the doubt and should get harder for a second type offense or similar. And another angle to this, not only with the the PR news dump, which was well orchestrated by the Patriots to announce this Cam Newton signing. The other thing that the Patriots could do, uh, as pointed out by Adam Schefter here, a very New England uh, thing to do. Cam Newton, if he plays well on this one year contract, it's one year, about seven and a half million dollars. Uh, there might be some incentives involved. Very incentive laden. Yeah, I think there, yeah, I think there, there are yeah. some heavy incentives here. So that could obviously be way more than than seven and a half million dollars. If you're thinking, okay, how did Teddy Bridgewater get thirty a year? And, and no, uh, you know what? It's only up to seven and a half. <laughs> oh, that's okay. the most he can get. Yes. So. Oh, that's much yeah. lower than I thought. It was seven okay. and a half plus incentives if he becomes nope, a nope. starter. Okay. So yeah. Well, we're gonna get into why now and why it's such a, a low deal then, but. From Schefter here that points out the fact that if he plays well in 2020 on his one-year contract, then he leaves as a free agent next year. The Patriots could get back a, an, an extra comp pick, you know, to help make up for that third-round pick they just lost with their their latest Spygate scandal, um, and it could be as high as a third-round pick again. So, and they're already going right. to get one this year. They're actually going to have a bunch of comp picks again this year, so they're not even going to miss that third rounder too much in 2021. You don't want to lose day two picks, but they're going to get a third for Tom Brady leaving in free agency. They could get a third or a fourth, according to OverTheCap.com and our friend Brad Spielberger, uh, for the Kyle Van Oy and departure, and then uh, a fourth for Jamie Collins. So I think they've already gotten comp picks once for Jamie Collins. They're going to get more comp picks for the same player, which is pretty amazing. So they could have a third and a couple of fourths extra coming back this draft, this coming draft anyway. So I don't think losing that third is going to hurt them too much. But, I mean, the Patriots play that comp game as well as anybody yeah and that's a great point and yes uh, you almost are guaranteed a third of cam walks because he's going to sign a big deal somewhere i imagine if they if it if this doesn't work out if it works out which i think there's a good chance it will and we can talk more of that kind of stuff here for sure you can franchise them and not only the patriots have a wealth of comp picks next year even losing this third but unlike most years, they have a ton of cap space too. And they could still extend Joe Tooney and make him make some more moves or cut Rex Burkhead or a couple guys like that. So there's a chance that this is a transition year for the Patriots, but they may have just found their quarterback or held down the fort for Stidham, but more likely is the guy this year and sticks around for the long term, or at least the next couple of years. And have plenty of you know capital and you know resources to build around Newton next year too. So really interesting time in Patriots history here, but I'm excited to really talk about the fit. Cause I think it's a good one. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to spend some time on the fit here. Uh, we're also going to spend some time getting into your latest power rankings, which we planned on doing earlier this week. We might have to split it up into a couple episodes, maybe uh, get it started in segment three today and then we'll finish it off uh, tomorrow or Wednesday after we talk with Tony Wiggins of Locked On Jaguars. We'll have some more guests for you. All the other news around the league is well covered the rest of the week. But next, I want to get into the fit. Well, first, I want to cover why now, 
why so little? And then the fit of Cam Newton in the New England Patriots offense. Matt, how many boxes of Built Bar has your family downed so far since they became a sponsor of the show? I, I had a one box delivered. I've had multiple boxes come back since then, since the initial box. And I'm enjoying the Built Bars. I love the low sugar snacks. Feel good up. Feel good about it. I love the the chocolate on the outside is so important to how good they are because it's like real, actual dark chocolate. It's not this, you know, light brown colored chocolate flavored mess. Right, it's not right. some weird like chalky fake bar that's that that you would really associate with what protein bars are actually like it's high in protein the peanut butter which is my favorite flavor it's only 170 calories 20 grams of protein only three grams of sugar so high protein high fiber low sugar i think this isn't my department i don't handle the the orders and the shipments and things that come to the house and there seems to be a lot um but there seems to be <laughs> yeah. a box showing up like once a week or so and they don't last long when they get here so it's a it's a hit in the house I think it's going to be even more of a hit. Like I mentioned, when people are really out and about, like I'll grab it on my way down to the Steelers facility during the season, stuff like that, eat it in the car, those type of things. Of course, you can use promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. You'll get $10 off your first order, and they already had 16 fantastic flavors. Look out for some new Built Bars coming to BuiltBar.com. $10 off your first order with promo code LOCKEDON. I had a Twitter question, Matt, that came down instantly to both you and I, this is from Shikar on Twitter. He says, I'm sure you'll talk about this anyway, at Williamson NFL, at BD Peacock, but what took the Pats so long to sign Cam? This is something everyone has been talking about forever. Why did they wait so long to pull the trigger? Thanks for the question. I, I think the number one reason why it took a while is price, salary, right? I, I think the Patriots probably didn't want to go big. I'm sure Cam was asking for a lot more than $7.5 million when the when the free agency period opened after he was let go by the Carolina Panthers. And by the way, Cam doesn't factor into that equation, the comp equation, because he was cut. So players that are cut don't count against the, the Patriots for that comp pick equation for future drafts. So that's another angle to this that helps out the Patriots when it comes to, to comp picks. But I think asking price probably had to fall to a level that the Patriots were comfortable with, which was essentially backup money. And health because through this pandemic you couldn't have the players in and put your hands on them and do all the medical stuff you needed to do so I think those two things needed to converge where you were able to have a good feeling about the health of Cam Newton you were able to get him in and and do all the things you need to do and have that physical to be able to sign off on signing a player and the price had to come down to a level that was backup money that was essentially too cheap I mean at one year 7.5 million dollars when your two quarterbacks are Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham, it's a deal you have to make if you're the Patriots and you're trying to win. Yeah, well, I 100% agree. And I agree with everything you said there, too. I mean, without question, I'm sure the pandemic slowed all of this and certainly hurt Cam's ability to sign with the Bears or, you know, who, you know, the Chargers I've been lobbying for for a long time or have more competition. I mean, there was obviously a musical chairs that occurred this offseason you know, Bridgewater goes to Carolina and all this you know, Foles goes to Chicago. And for in a way, he was left without a chair. But we should have recognized the Patriots was still a chair. You know, I mean, Stidham was never the answer. I mean, I'm not saying he can't be a good quarterback, but I think they always intended on having a veteran. And I was told they thought Brady was going to come back. So I bet these talks have gone on for some time. And I'm sure that there was a, 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 a snail's pace because 
We want to be sure on the medicals. We'd love to get our hands on you. I'm sure a lot of people know each other and there's a lot of trusted people in between, you know, go-betweens. But my hunch is, well, like what you said, the, the Patriots have a ton of money for next year to spend, but not this year. So getting him in this year, I think, was a little tricky. And my hunch is when you say it's up to 7.5 and it's heavily incentive-laden, I think they basically said, Cam, you're coming in as the starter with all intentions of hitting that 7.5 as long as you can play X amount of games. You know, I mean, as long as you can stay on the field, it's your job. You're not here to compete with Stidham, and you're going to be the backup on day one. I mean, I don't see that happening. But my hunch is if I were Newton, this is a pretty darn nice landing spot. I mean, it's a successful organization. I probably wanted several years. Here's here's my thought for why it makes so much sense for Cam, even though it's a cheap deal. So he just gets the one-year deal. It's the best place for him to go raise his stock to make a lot of money next year somewhere. Mm-hmm. So there might have been some other teams that were lowballing him as well throughout the offseason. It's like, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't want to go to a bad team. That doesn't help me that much. Going to a place like New England, a place where he could probably thrive under Belichick, under Josh McDaniels, and then now you can cash in next offseason. Probably the best opportunity for him. If he knew he was going to have to take you know, less money somewhere, it's worth even taking. Maybe he could have gotten $5 million more for one season from somewhere, but he can make a lot more than $5 million in a long-term deal by playing for the right team. So I think that fit makes too much sense for both sides for Cam in New England for this one season. And who knows, maybe, uh, maybe it is a long-term marriage. Cam's 12 years younger than Tom Brady, by the way. Is that crazy? Right. He's like Tannehill's age, and no one's talking about Tannehill being old. Right. Yeah, and, and I think you're right. Like, wouldn't shock me at all if Cam Newton's making $30 million next year, you know, I mean, and goes to the playoffs this year and has a successful year, and everyone's happy he's on their fantasy team, and they go 10-6 and six or whatever. And so I, I think it's a great situation for him in that regard. And I, it also wouldn't shock me if it comes out, even by the time people listen to this, that Cam says – I was, I knew I was going to New England all along. You know, I mean, like maybe this deal's been in place a long time. Brian Hoyer is the big loser here because Jared Stidham, yeah. well, Jared Stidham too, because I'm sure they both thought that they were going to go in and win a starting quarterback job. But Brian Hoyer, when he originally signed, was like, this is the only team I had an opportunity. I was given the opportunity to compete for a starting job. That's why I signed with the Patriots. That's what he said when he signed. Now it's like, oh, yeah, I mean, Brian, if Brian Hoyer, Hoyer's starting – and wins the job for the Patriots in week one, then there's some big problems. Probably Cam is hurt and Jarrett Stidham is just not good. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, the more I think about it, Hoyer may end up being like their practice squad, old guy, keep him in reserve, break break glass just in case. You know, there's been more of those this year, old-time veteran quarterbacks that are pseudo-coaches, run the scout team, coach up Stidham on the side while McDaniels and those guys are working with Cam. Like, maybe that's his role. And, I mean, certainly it, Cam could get hurt and maybe Hoyer would be the next guy up if it's a, a crucial playoff game or something. But you're right. I mean, Hoyer's now third and in trouble for playing time. Yeah. And and a healthy Cam is not going to lose a competition to no. either one of those quarterbacks. So nope. Cam's going to be the starter if he's healthy. So that gives that takes the pressure off Stidham in a way to be like, okay, I can just develop at my pace. Maybe he proves this season that he will be the guy. Maybe Cam does. And look, Cam has missed 16 games over the last two seasons. He only played two games last year. He's had a number of injuries. So 
if he does get hurt again this season, then you still have the same options you would have already had if you were the Patriots. You find out who you have in Stidham. Maybe you find out, okay, Stidham really is that guy. We feel a lot better about it now going into 2021. And you can let Cam walk. Or you're like, okay, yeah, Stidham wasn't going to be the guy. And Cam is still, you know, MVP level specimen, which uh, I've seen him worked out with. I, you know, and you can't get a lot from Instagram workout clips in the off season. A lot of guys, you know, work out just for the gram. But Cam is still a freak, and you forget about it. And I saw one of his workouts, and it's like, this guy is a monster, man. And uh, right. as long as yeah. his arm isn't compromised from shoulder injuries, and I mean, I'm excited. I can't wait to see it. What do you think about the actual fit, Cam Newton, in Josh McDaniel's offense? Yeah, it's hard to comment on his health, but. By all accounts, and I've read a lot today, you know, just kind of looking at the history of Cam over these last couple of years, that the shoulder was fine, and then he hurt the Liz Frank, which really kills your accuracy. And he's not the most accurate guy to begin with, and he doesn't do a great job of marrying his lower half of his body to his upper half of his body. So, um, but before the shoulder injury in 2018, I think it was about the first nine or ten games. That's when he was, you know, really out there and, and healthy, I thought he was playing really well, you know, with Mc, distributing the McCaffrey and Samuel and DJ Moore and not trying to drive the ball to Funchess and big, slow Kelvin Benjamin and those type of guys. They changed their offense for him. And I thought he adapted really well. By no means do I think he's going to run a Brady-like offense. Like, I've been getting that on Twitter all the time. Like, this is a terrible fit. He's, he can't be Tom Brady. They know that. You know, they weren't going to, folks, they weren't going to ask Jared Stidham to be Tom Brady. I mean, they were changing. I'm sure this offense is being changed the second Tom moved to T-Bay. I mean, like, maybe Hoyer could have run a facsimile of what they did, but really no one could. So they had to change things anyway. I mean, it's a heavy play action team to begin with. Now you'll see a lot more boots and designed runs for the quarterback, at least a handful of them a game. Um, so things were changing anyway. And I, I said a while back and our listeners, I hope remember this, like when the off season started, the big conversation was where's Brady going to land. And my response to that was, I'm more interested to see how they replace Brady. Are they going to go get a Lamar Jackson, an athlete? Are they going to get a pure pocket passer? And Stidham's a pretty good athlete. He didn't run for a lot of yards at Auburn, but he can run. He's fast. I think they've been wanting to incorporate, you know, that running aspect of quarterback play for a long time because they see how hard it is to play against like a Lamar Jackson type. And I don't think it'll go to that extreme to what's in Baltimore. But remember who Josh McDaniels drafted when he was in Denver? Tim Tebow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's been, you know, kicking these tires for a while. And Cam Newton, no matter how bad his shoulder gets shredded, is still going to throw the ball better than Tim Tebow. So. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but yeah, that similar style of offense. Okay, so uh, I can kind of, I can kind of squint my eyes and picture it a little bit now with Cam. It's 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 hard sometimes to envision a quarterback in a new place because quarterbacks don't move around and change teams as much, especially when you are someone who has an MVP resume under your belt. So uh, Cam Newton in New England is going to be fun. And Matt, just getting conversation or confirmation now, Michael DeBate, who's the host of Locked On Patriots, he's going to join us later in the week. And I do have nice. some more questions on this. So we will fire those at him, talk more about the New England Patriots outlook in 2020, more about Cam as a Patriot later in the week. But uh, I want to take a peek right now at your preseason power rankings 
for the NFL. Let's start counting those up from 32 to number one. It's going to be a two-part series. Let's start at the bottom, work our way up. I have a feeling the Patriots have climbed quite a bit in the last 24 hours. I don't want to divulge my secrets here, but I was, you kind of mentioned this before. We interviewed Locked on Jags on Sunday, and we were going to play that Monday for you guys. And in the meantime, I was going to do a power ranks, and that was going to be Tuesday. So Sunday, before this news broke, I was fiddling with my power ranks and had New England much lower than I do now. I'm not going to you know, put the numbers out, but when this came out, I moved them up dramatically, to be honest with you. I really think it's a big deal for them. How much did they move up? Well, we'll let you know when we get there. Let's start at 32, count our way up. Matt's power rankings next. We talked about deliveries earlier. You know you could get delivered to your home. Every part your car or truck could ever need from rockauto.com. It's one of the easiest websites I've ever navigated. They've got an absurd amount of parts for every vehicle, whether it's a 72 Ford Ranchero, a 79 Chevette, or whatever vehicle you drive daily that might need a little tender love and care and most likely does need some maintenance so you don't have anything major pop up later, right? You can find anything at rockauto.com, an amazing selection, reliably low prices. Prices are no different if you are a mechanic or if you are a do-it-yourselfer. Engine parts, brake parts, jumper cables, whatever you need, go to rockauto.com, family-owned for 20 years, helping you buy parts online. Let them know we sent you in the Who Sent You box. Put Locked On in there so they know we sent you to rockauto.com. All the parts your car or truck will ever need. We'll find out later on in the week from our friend Tony Wiggins at Locked On Jaguars if it's the right thing to do to have the Jags at 32. But Matt, that's exactly where you have the Jacksonville Jaguars on your preseason power ranking. Yeah, which is a little bit topical too because I feel pretty confident putting them 32, but that conversation that our listeners are going to hear tomorrow we say some good things about them. I mean, I, again, don't. I've been rough on the Jags, and I'm not alone there. But I think they have a lot of work to do organizationally. But that conversation tomorrow is a good one. And it might leave you with a better taste in your mouth, Jags fans. I will say that, yeah, I think it definitely will. And I will say this. You have to put somebody 32. And The bottom's hard this year. And here's the other thing is the Jaguars are probably better right now than they were last year, and they didn't have the number one overall pick in the draft either. So there, there is sure. somewhat of a light at the end of the tunnel for the Jaguars, and there is some optimism and some reasons for optimism in Jacksonville. So uh, we'll talk about that with Tony Wiggins later in the week. How about Team 31, Cam's old team, the Carolina Panthers? That's interesting. Yeah, and I mentioned the bottom's hard because this is the time of eternal optimism. You know, boy, Jacksonville, you know, listen to Jacksonville's the pod tomorrow. Boy, the Jags aren't so bad. You know, or I can make the case, boy, I really like where pa the Panthers are going. And I've said that over and over. Like, I'm going to bet on the Panthers to win the 2022 NFC South. And boy, I'm, I'm going to mine some fantasy gold out of that Panther offense. But all this unicorns and rainbows in June don't come to fruition. And I love that Carolina D line that you've mentioned, but it's young. And I think their defense could be the worst in the league. And I've never been a Bridgewater fan. I mean, I don't disapprove of their move, but when you're ranking teams one to 32, I don't think quarterback will be a strength for them. So they're, they're low. 
Here's a question that came up in my mind with Cam to New England and with Cam signing for so little and, and it taking so long for Cam Newton to sign, we, we laid out some reasons why that might have been the case. There has to be some thought around the league, just judging by how the Panthers treated it because at their maximum, I think everyone would agree Cam Newton's a more talented quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater. The fact that the, the Panthers wanted to pay Teddy Bridgewater more money to get Cam Newton out of town tells me that there's something in the building that Cam Newton has at least rubbed some people the wrong way off the field. And I think that might be another angle to this, and it's hard to know exactly that. But around the league, there has to be some sort of a notion that, you know what, Cam might either is or might be kind of a pain in the ass. I don't know if we want to bring that in right now unless we really are sure he's healthy and and can make a, a huge leap for our team. And it makes sense for the Patriots, but... I just feel like there has to be some of that going on in the building in Carolina, at least, and maybe with some other teams around the league, why Cam didn't have a hotter market. I think that's true. I think at least as much as what you said, though, is he's a massive personality. Like, if I bring him to Denver, he's probably going to look better than Drew Locke on the practice field, and he's going to screw up everything we're trying to build here, you know? Right. Because he's good, and he's going to tell you he's good, He's an alpha male. If brought him to Pittsburgh, well, is that going to fly with Ben? You know, like, or, hey, we want to give Minshew a try. Again, listen to tomorrow. But if we bring in Cam, that screws that all up. You know, I mean, like, he's good enough to rock the boat, which is what you want, but he has to be the alpha. You know, like, Washington, that makes tons of sense. We liked him. We had a lot of success with this guy. You know, this the, the Redskins coaching staff. But we really want to give Haskins a shot. And... If I, I can't go to my starting guards and tackles and say, we think Haskins is the best option when, hey, I'm at practice. Cam's way better, you know? <laughs> I mean, but that's not the best thing for the organization. I mean, he's going to be on the billboard. That's who he is. Let's keep this rolling here with your team that comes in at number 30 in the preseason power rankings, the Miami Dolphins, that are definitely a team on the come up. They were at 32 here last year. I bet most people have them higher than 30. I love how they finished. I think they have a quarterback. I, I hope they have a quarterback. I'm a two a believer. I'm pretty sure they have a coach. I love how they finished. I still think their roster needs a lot of work, though. I, I mean, it, it's on step two or step three of a 10-step process still. I mean, I don't think this is going to go well for them this year. It's going to take a while. Yeah, I, I might have had Miami a little bit higher, and there's a team up a little higher that I might have a little bit lower. But at 29, you have Washington Redskins. Yeah, and I was torn, actually, between Washington and Miami. Um, I have my questions about the Redskins, too. But I think a new coach there helps, a professional coach. And I think their defense is going to be pretty good. So I think they'll be in games. You have the two New York teams at 26, the Jets, 28, the Giants, and then one team in between them. That's the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, What jumps out to you in that group? 26, 27, 28, Jets, Bengals, Giants. I think the Bengals are improving. I think Joe Burrow is going to be a star and is going to have a pretty darn good rookie year and might be getting hype like we talk about Kyler this time next year there that you can see his name on the MVP ballot, you know, a year from now. So that in itself had me move the Bengals up to like 27, where I think most people had them 30-ish. They made some additions on defense. I mean, second-year coach, offensive line doesn't look as bad. I got to admit, the, the two New York teams weren't easy for me to rank because I I kind of like both direction, or directions both those teams are going. 
Um, I'm a Darnold believer. I, I think they're building right, but I don't love the Gase factor, and I think they overachieved last year. They were hard teams for me to rank, but the teams above them, I'm not, you know, I just thought we're a little step ahead. Think about Miami, how I would have had them higher than 30. Uh, there there might be a few less wins now in the AFC East than I expected before if Cam yeah. is Cam in New England. So that, that makes things a little bit more difficult for teams like, uh, you know, the the Dolphins and the Jets and the Bills that are trying to be on the come up and overtake the New England Patriots in the AFC East. At 25, you have the, well, you have it here listed as Oakland. They are the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, uh, yeah. They are not Oakland anymore, are they? <laughs> That's, I mean, <laughs> I... I it, that's t- that I'm going to do that for probably five years. I'm still doing it with San Diego Chargers. Yeah, same. But. Yep, same. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, There's two teams here that I think I'm quite down on, and that's Chicago at 24, Oakland slash Vegas at 25. They're two teams I think I would feel pretty comfortable taking the under on their win totals. I, I don't see either one of them getting to 500. Um, I just think that Oakland still has a long way to go talent-wise on defense. A lot of moving parts there that I don't know will mesh well together immediately. Could have quarterback controversies, although I'm pretty much a car fan. And then the Bears are similar, where I don't like their O-line and I hate their quarterback situation. So while the rest of the team looks fine, that's a tough recipe. Yeah. Bears is Bears is a tough one. I, I don't know where to yeah. put them. I could see them trying to make one last gasp and making a run, but if, it seems like something's falling apart there. And uh, I do too. Yeah. It, it, either way, you're hoping Foles is just like enough better, but is 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 Foles going to take you to the promised land there? It just something's not clicking there with the Bears for me. So I have no problem with them at 24. They are just ahead is this, of. Is this crazy talk, or maybe this is a conversation for later in the week? Now the Cam has signed. Is the worst starting quarterback in the league a bear? Like, I think I'd rather take Minshew over Foles. The Jags thought so. I would because I think that, well, yes, because Foles is somewhat of what you're hoping Minshew to be, and he's already been that. So maybe mm-hmm. you, you just kind of know what Foles is a little bit more than what you know with Minshew. Is there more there? Is Minshew going to be more of an Andy Dalton or of a – Kirk Cousins, uh, it's, but I'm I'm with you. I would take the gamble on the young quarterback in Minshew over over Foles and Trubisky mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, no, I have even no problem for with this that. year. Like I'm just saying, who's going to have the worst quarterback play in the league this year amongst who we project as the starters? I think I'm going to pick the Bears for that dishonor. I would have to Maybe think Washington. a little bit more. Yeah, Washington. It would have been the Patriots in that mix for sure. Yeah. I guess Miami's in the conversation. Depending on Tua's injury and if, you know, which which fits magic do you get mm-hmm. is a big question. But I do think they're going to have, you know, very bad quarterback yeah. play by oh. a 32 team standard. And I don't think their line helps them. And uh, I'm not big on the Bears. I don't think that's going well. You are also not big on the Atlanta Falcons. The Arizona Cardinals or the Detroit Lions. We'll get into the top 20 next time. We'll finish here at 21. So if we're counting up, you had Chicago at 24, Detroit 23, Arizona 22, Atlanta 21. The interesting ones there are Atlanta, Detroit, veteran quarterbacks. Uh, Atlanta has, has slowly gotten worse since they made a Super Bowl appearance in 2016, even though they have a lot of the same personnel and um, the same defensive 
coaching staff, even though Jeff Ulbricht's taking a little bit of a lead with Dan Quinn there, uh, calling some plays on defense. And the Cardinals are the team sandwiched in between those two teams that's on the come up that uh, I could see jumping way up in this list, but it, you have to see it first, right? Yeah, I, I think you can make cases for all these teams. Like, I know the Lions are easy to bash, but boy, I'm a Stafford believer. Boy, I'm a Matt Ryan believer. I thought Stafford played awesome. And then they go out and draft a running back high and two guards. You know, like that offense has a chance to be well-rounded and really good, but I think their defense is lacking. I know there's a lot of buzz with the Cardinals. I get it, but I mean, they're not going to take massive steps forward. I mean, I think they're going the right direction. I think they will be a team on the rise, but that's a seven win team, you know, and Kyler looking great and I'll buy all the stock I can and Kyler Murray type of guy, but they just still need things. I mean, I think that before you can put them amongst the playoff teams, in my opinion, and Atlanta, their defense played better. So it's a somewhat proven coaching staff. I expect the O line to be better. And again, Atlanta and Detroit with Stafford and Ryan, I think are two of the better quarterbacks in the league. Definitely top 10 guys. Like, what if one of those two was a Patriot? You'd be like, wow, they're going to win 13 games. Right, <laughs> yeah. And hey, speaking of the Patriots, the perfect segue into the next conversation about this list. The New England Patriots on your original rankings were right here at 21 where the Falcons are. They have jumped up. I want to tease. Uh, I was really down on them. I really they, was. So uh, just the Cam edition has jumped the Patriots up quite a lot. Tune in next time to find out just how high the Patriots are on Matt's 2020 power rankings. So let's see, after pulling that audible. So we're going to talk with Tony Wiggins of Locked on Jaguars. That'll be Wednesday's show. Tomorrow, we'll finish up Matt's preseason power rankings. Thursday, another Twitter Thursday tag at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL. With those questions, and then Friday, we've got Michael DeBate, the host of Locked on Patriots. Get more information on that cam to New England marriage and everything else going on with the Pats Friday. So it's a full week. It's going to be fun. Talk to you guys then right here. Locked on NFL.